Hey everybody, welcome. Good afternoon. Welcome to another lunch hour with Renault. Uh, Renault has his lunch here with us today, so I'm Indeed. glad that that's taken on. Sorry, these uh, always spill. So I gotta but be they're super so careful. delicious. This it's time it's not inside. red like last time, like the, um, the blood juice that was actually beaches. This is carrot. We went for a little, Apple, a little orange today to brighten up on this rainy day. Uh, so we've got Renault. I'm Justin, and we're joined again by Carrie Waters. Hey, hey. Carrie. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, if you've been with us for the last couple of weeks, you know that we have been in our Art of Living series, uh, which has been really cool. This Actually, the series was before I was around Mosaic. I know that you were obviously both here. We were here. We were. It's been cool to kind of go back and see a lot of Mosaic DNA. You know, the things that are true now were true back then. I've gone back and yep. listened to the messages and yeah. hearing. So that's been really yep. fun. Um, we're going to continue that today uh, with a, a, a moment where we talk about... Uh, Palm Trees, which is kind of a funny title for it. I'm excited to get into it, but before we do that, could you guys share with us why is this series called The Art of Living? What is it all about? Yeah. Yeah, so we wanted to um, talk about our mission statement at Mosaic Church, which is demonstrate our passion for God and his passion for people. Uh, and so the ways we do that is our core values, which is love God, love people, and serve the world. So uh, we basically, the series uh, goes through all of those ways we do that, our core values, and so how to do that here at Mosaic. Yeah, because it's, you know, it's, it's one thing to say that, isn't it? Love God, love people, serve the world. It's on our big orange door, and you're like, great, I'm going to go do that. But what we realized in 2009, way back when, when we did this series, is do, do we really actually know what on earth that means? Like, how on earth do I engage in, in loving God? What does it really look like to love people? I mean, I've got an idea in my head, but when you realize also at that time, you know, we had ten, tens of people, not even hundreds, I don't Maybe think, ten. but tens of people. Um, but, but, but the reality is what happens when you've got hundreds of thousands of people that you say, what does it mean to love people? You're going to get hundreds of thousands of different answers. So we really wanted to take some time to say, what does it look like to have a relationship with God that, that grows as a love relationship? with God, that develops as an intimate relationship with God. And so we, we, we broke it down, each of those three categories, love God, love people, serve the world, into four handles, four like, here's what it actually looks like. And so the last two weeks here on Facebook Live, we've looked at two of those handles, specifically in the category of loving God, which this week will be the third, uh, you know, conversations with God, include him in everything, just I mean, just talk to him. Yeah. That's where it starts. It's that simple. And then last week, of course, talking about obedience, pool fences, that obedience isn't his rules to keep us from fun and life. It's actually his protection and love for us from drowning in the pool. Mm. So, um, so we were able to do that. And then this week, the continuation of what it looks like to engage in this growing relationship with an invisible God who is present but not tangible like we are here. So. Yeah, which is often so difficult. I know that as we've kind of talked about these things uh, over the last couple of weeks, but also the last few years that I've been around Mosaic, I know that that's something that we get asked a lot is how do I do that? Like how do I grow closer to God? We've talked a little bit about it, about prayer and study and things like that. Um, but I know we're going to get into it today, but I thought we might take a moment and, and ask you guys, ask the listeners, the people <laughs> who are here with us virtually today, um, why do you think that it's so hard to focus on our spiritual lives and to grow our spiritual intimacy with God? It's something that we get asked all the time. And we experience, even you know, as pastor and church staff, like Absolutely. I know that it's difficult for me in seasons and difficult for you and, and difficult for you as well. And so we'd love if you share with us a little bit in the comment section 
why is it so hard to focus and grow our spiritual lives? And as you do that, we're going to ask Renaud to share. Obviously, this week is titled Palm Trees. Why is this week titled, entitled Palm Trees? There's a story behind it. Um, I'd love if you share the story for us. Yeah, you know, um, uh, back when we first did this series, um, I was processing this piece of the equation of, of this idea of how we engage in a growing relationship with God. And one of the things that kind of comes into play when you're diving into a growing relationship with God, working at relationship, just like I would work at relationship with Carrie or you or, or uh, my spouse or my kids, is that there is a certain amount of, of like discipline that goes into it, like work. And this word discipline kind of emerges. The, we, we hear things like the disciplines of the faith. And for someone like me, uh, who lives in the flexible, the organic, you know, uh, on a, a, a sort of just a, that, that kind of world. You, you say the word discipline to me, and, and I'm already sweating, you know, yeah. like, but not in a good way. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it just sounds like restrictive and like work. And, uh, and so uh, I, I think a lot of times as soon as we step into this world of, well, there's a component to this that's just discipline. That's just, you, you, it, it, there's just a process and you step into it and you work at it and, and you do it. And that's part of working at relationships. Mm-hmm. I started saying like, well, if I bring that to the table, just like the word obedience, here's obedience, obey, that's part of, and you're like, yeah, but what does that really mean? I was just kind of processing, I mean, what is discipline really? Like what makes it beautiful? What, what, it, what is beautiful about it? Because it doesn't sound beautiful to me. Yeah. And um, I, we had just moved to Florida uh, a couple of years before that, uh, planted the church. And in Florida, as, as many of you know, uh, unless you're jumping online from somewhere else, but then you've probably been here at some point, we got a lot of palm trees around here, yeah. right? And uh, the odd thing is the way that they build neighborhoods around here, which we're seeing again now because there's a big boom of building now. And so near the house that I live in now, there were these giant uh, pieces of land with beautiful trees, thousands of trees on them. And all the trees are gone. I mean, they just wipe them all off, clear the land. But then here's what's hilarious to me. They clear the land, they build a bunch of houses. And then when you buy the house, they say to you, what kind of trees do you want? And then they plant brand new ones in front of your house where they want them. And I always kind of felt like you couldn't have just like left the other trees. trees. But anyways, whatever. That's another story for another day. So they did that. And we moved into the house. And um, they asked us that. And I like palm trees. And there were lots of palm trees in Florida. So I said, I'll take those palm trees, nice tall ones. So they bring these palm trees in. And they, they, they plant them in the ground. And they put these, these like tri-full, uh, you know, tr- for whatever, yeah. you know, three planks that hold the tree up. And they said, for the first year, don't, don't touch that thing. You pull that thing down, the tree's going down. I'm like, okay, got it. <laughs> and so over the first year, I'm watching these trees. And um, the beautiful palm trees, big green uh, leaves at the top, and, and they were growing. And um, at a certain point, uh, the, the, the leaves at the top, new leaves were sprouting constantly, and then the leaves started browning, but not like one or two of them, but a bunch of them. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think my tree's dying. I got this brand new tree. It's like months into it and it's dying. I haven't even taken the wood off yet. <laughs> so I shoot down to the hardware store in Claremont and uh, it was a fairly new hardware store. So they had some great guys uh, in there that really knew what they were doing. And I went up to the garden section. And I'm like, I've got a question about palm trees. And I remember that I still remember the guy's like dying. Let me guess. And I'm like, yep, that's it. And he just, said, he just said this, your roots are too small. 
So I'm like, okay, well, what do I, what do, I do about that? And he's like, listen, here's the deal. You've got to feed the roots and get them to grow because the roots are too little, and so the tree's not getting the nutrients it needs. That's why your tree's dying. Mm. And so we had a conversation about how to feed the roots, and he t- talked to me about putting some salt on them and watering it in and some regularity and, and all that kind of stuff. And so he goes, you feed the roots, you grow the roots, the tree will be fine. And as I was leaving, I remember he said, hey, and by the way, make sure you cut away the dead branches. And if there's too many branches, like a palm tree should only have so many branches. Cut them away. And, and so I'd stop for a second. I'm like, yeah, unpack that for me. He's like, a palm tree is really simple. If the roots are bigger than the top of the tree, the branches, then the roots bring nutrients in. Mm-hmm. And as the branches pull the nutrients out, there's more nutrients in than there are out, the tree lives. If you have more branches than you have roots, then more nutrients are going out than are coming in, and the tree runs out of nutrients, and and Mm. slowly, not quickly, slowly it dies. So you hardly notice, but it dies over time. And then then he he also throws this out, and he goes, and if your roots are too little and your branches are too big, when the hurricane comes, it's going to blow that tree over. So I'm like, we have hurricanes in Florida? Because nobody bothered mentioning that to me. <laughs> Since then, we've been through quite a few of them. And the palm trees didn't fall over because I paid attention to this guy, went, fed the roots. And he said, as, as your root system gets larger and the weight of the top of the tree isn't overdone, you cut away branches, then when the winds, the big winds come, the tree remains stable because the roots hold it in the ground. Wow. If the roots are little... And the branches are super heavy and the wind catches those branches, tree topples over. So not only does your tree die slowly if a no storm comes, but when the storm comes, it blows the tree right on over. And it started dawning on me that though this is great advice for any tree, and you know, we garden now and I I have fruit trees, and it's it's really funny. Uh, Ted Getz, who's a dear friend of mine, goes to Mosaic Farmer, awesome farmer dude. He comes and looks at my trees in some regularity now. Now they're little fruit trees. Yeah. But he always looks right down at the branches. And if there's these little branches sprouting out of the bottom of the tree, he's like, cut those puppies away, man. They're sucking nutrients out. That's a problem. Mm. And you've got to cut them away again so that the tree will continue to have strong roots. And I realize this is how life works. What we tend to do is we tend to spend very little time in our cultural context in the Western culture focusing on our roots and part of the reason why we don't quite honestly is because they're not what people see i mean when last have you driven by a yard and gone you see the roots on that tree man it's unbelievable (laughs) only when it's toppled only when it's toppled and then they're kind of small and you're like no wonder the thing fell over and but but while the tree's standing what we notice are the branches Mm -hmm. right we don't notice the roots and so because we live in a culture where we want to be noticed We don't spend our time working at our roots because, frankly, one, nobody notices them, and two, we don't even notice them because they're not visible every day. That's our character, our intimacy with God, our deeper relationships. Mm. But what we do focus on are our branches. And in our culture, the more branches, the better. And so, man, we have branches galore in our life. We are an opportunity-driven culture. Mm -hmm. So every opportunity is one you better take. And if you don't take it, you're just insane, right? And so we take opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, branches, branches, branches. And we wonder then, 
Why, after a while, we're exhausted, we feel depleted, we feel tired, our spiritual lives are struggling, our relational lives are struggling, our, mm-hmm. our friendships are struggling, our marriages are struggling, our, our everything's struggling. And, and what do we keep doing? We just keep adding more branches to our tree so people can see how awesome we are uh, with all our branches. And so what I found in, in American cultural life is that uh, because branches are the priority, not roots, we pour into the branches. Since we need more branches, we start actually pasting new branches on our tree because people are driving by looking at our life, so we paste them on our tree. And it's got to be full, of course. It's got to be full, right? Yeah. We have kids, so we tell our kids, you're going to need a great um, resume when, to get into a great college, so you've you got to do seven sports and have six extracurricular activities. Mm. We have one kid. We drive around like a mad person. We also do the same thing in our, in, in our spaces, either socially or in workspaces. And then when, our, when our, our branches start browning, the real ones, not the ones we pasted on, because the pasted ones aren't real, so they stay green. Yeah. They're our pretense, our resume. The ones that are real, they start browning. You know what we do? We spray paint them green. <laughs> my marriage is fine. Shh, my family's great. Shh, how are you? Good, good. But inside, we're dying. Yeah. And so then eventually, one of two things happen. Over a long period of life, one day we're just dead. We have giant midlife crises. We bail on our relationships and we go, what happened to that person? They seemed so great. And then one day they just turned. They didn't turn one day. Mm-hmm. They were dying for 30 years. Yeah. And one day they just were dead. Or a storm comes along, a, a circumstance in life. Yeah. And guess what happens to our lives? They Top just crash and burn. And so that's how the palm tree idea came that if we're going to live life Uh, that is going to be fruitful, that is going to be healthy, that is going to display the kingdom of God, that is going to bring glory to Christ, that is going to actually be a Christ, a driven life and a Christ displaying life, then we need to be full of Christ. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to be full of Christ, we need to to learn what it means to feed the roots of our life, the, the close relationships we have, the relationship we have with God, and we need to make that a priority. And we need to learn how to cut some branches stinking off the tree. Wow. Yeah. which means it goes against American cultural ideology. Yeah. I need to take many of the opportunities that are great opportunities and cut them away mm-hmm. and keep my branches manageable so that I create space to build into the roots, but also grow my roots so that they outgrow my branches. And who cares what people think when they drive by my life? If they go, you only have six branches? That's stupid. I go, well, you don't see my roots, man. Mm-hmm. And when the storms come and your tree falls over, don't worry, mine won't. Like, we have to start living like that. And so that was a picture for me, still is today. I ask myself on, in regularity, what branches are you cutting away, Renault? And what, how are you feeding your roots? Mm. Or how many branches have you added lately that are sucking nutrients out? So whenever I start feeling exhausted, tired, relationally off, I start asking myself, what, what branches are going on, man? Mm. And what am I doing here? So wow. that's how the palm tree idea was born. That's a great analogy. Uh, Sorry, that was super long, but he asked me, and that's <laughs> the story. <laughs> now I know not to ask these questions. Um, so we've gotten a lot of responses to the question that we pose, and I want to get to those. But um, Carrie, we're really glad that you're here, and uh, I think that this series is one of your favorite series. It is. It is. Um, it's, yes. I think Pool Fences is like one of your it top my favorite. couple ever. It was my favorite. Um, I was sad not to be here. But <laughs> well, you ocean. got to join from Jamaica. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I have listened. It's so good. Yeah. So um, obviously this, this series was impactful for you. It's yes. one of your favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot in the whole series and a lot in this message yes. and a lot in the, in the analogy even. But right. as you have kind of like – 
processed over the, what, nine years that that was. What's one of the takeaways from the palm tree message that you still see in your life today? Well, it's really funny because when I did, so back when I was listening to him before and going through it in 2009, um, Pool Fences was my favorite because that's what spoke to me in that moment is uh, God really just taught me a lot in that moment. But I think right now, Palm Trees is my favorite. Uh, I was listening to it again uh, this past week, and I was like, man, because the roots is what matters. And so I think for me, Palm Trees is my new favorite. Um, and just how really, truly, um, through the you know rhythms of intimacy or you know just focusing on watering our roots and feeding our roots, and you know we are good at discipline because we do put the branches on, and that takes discipline to put the branches on, but we're just um, doing it in the wrong area. We need to be disciplined in putting our roots and digging our roots deeper. So It's mm. good, like a misguided discipline. Absolutely. Instead of we where it should be. We just need to transfer it from the branches to the, yeah. to the roots. Yeah, that's so. sustainable because the, the tree blowing over, is, yeah. I mean, it happens a lot. when. And, right. You know, even just saying that, um, I... Uh, I remember even when I was doing the message, one of the stories that came to mind directly out of Scripture that I think Jesus um, didn't use palm trees because where he was telling the story was on the side of a rock and there was a riverbed and not palm trees. Otherwise, he may have, he may have told the palm tree story. <laughs> I'm just saying. He probably um, would have. He probably, probably would have. In but, any other situation. Yeah, if he were in Florida during that time. But he, he was, and he was in the Middle East. And so um, he tells a story in Matthew chapter 7. Um, and, and, he, and he's talking in the context of that sermon that he was doing uh, about the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of this earth. And one of the things he says in closing the sermon out is he goes, look, here's the bottom line. There was, it's like two people. And one built his house on mm. the low ground, on the riverbed. And one built his house up on the high ground, on the rock. And when the storms came uh, and the winds blew, the house on the riverbed crashed. And the house that was built up on the high ground, that house survived. Wow. And it, we always talk about it, the rock versus the sand. So we, t- so we kind of get into the story about, the, about what the foundation was, which I think there's implications in that story to that. But I don't think the, the, the story was as much about what foundation you're building on as much as the height of the ground and the difficulty of the build. Because where Jesus would have been sitting telling that story would have been where the riverbed is flat, it's, it's easy, it's a quick build, and it takes hardly any work. The rock, you have to carry all the materials up. You have to build it onto ground that's not as even, but that ground isn't what gets flooded when the rains come. Because in, in the Middle East, when those rains come, the flash floods come down the riverbeds. They don't come down the big rocks. So what Jesus was saying is the easy work, the outer work, the resume, is what we do. We build our houses, the branches, opportunity, opportunity. Mm-hmm. But we don't do the hard work that doesn't seem as fruitful initially, as easy initially, mm-hmm. building ourselves on the foundation and the rock that is solid. And so then when the rains come, our lives fall apart, our trees topple, yeah. because we were spending our time building the shallow stuff, right? The easy stuff, the outer stuff. And so I, I do think there's very much this calling from the scriptures to say, uh, build in the disciplines that feed the roots, mm-hmm that feed the foundation. Yep. And then whether the storms come or don't come, you will have done the hard work that nobody else pays much attention to because the two houses look about the same when the storms aren't around. And but I, but it'll, it'll change everything. Even in that with um, uh, 1 Timothy 
four, seven, I think it says train yourself in godliness. And yeah. so the activity is, is it, training. It's actually a discipline. It's a thing you have to do. It's like training for a marathon. You actually have to do work and um, discipline your body and discipline your time to to succeed in that. And, and just even in John, John 15, I'm obsessed with it right now because it just talks about abiding. It says abide so many times in that scripture. And it's like, well, that's a good indication, which abiding just means attach yourself to God, get to know him, not for the sake of, um, you know, serving him or being, uh, but just for the sake of knowing him. Mm. So it's the, and which changes us. Yeah, and so it does. The fruit in, that. Uh, in Colossians chapter three, verse 15, it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, mm. which immediately you kind of like, uh, in the world we live in, peace and Christ, yeah. uh, how? To which indeed you were called. Okay, and then it says this, and be thankful, watch this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, mm -hmm. singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts mm -hmm. to God. Yeah, wow. And, and, and I love that this calling into our lives is, man, let the word of God and the spirit of God dwell richly in you. In other words, pour into your foundation, your root system every day. And guess what's going to be born out of you? the peace of Christ, mm. yeah. or don't let the word of God dwell richly in you. In other words, don't engage in the disciplines of the faith, right? And guess what's not going to come out? The peace of Christ. Mm -hmm. What's going to come out is the insanity of man, the busyness of life, the, the overwhelming exhaustion of the go, go, go. And that's where we tend to live. And so it's a paradigm shift. Well, I love that. You know, you share that scripture, uh, which talks about dwell, and you talk about, you know, abide and, and training. And those are, all three of those words are things that have long-term implications. Yeah. Like, those aren't things mm -hmm. that can just happen right. really quickly. No. Like, dwelling, that's not just like you hung out for a minute, right. you know, or abiding. You didn't yeah. just show up and make your presence known. And training, you can't just roll up to a marathon and expect to or do well. Or get an app and just, you know. Yeah, and, and yep. train Check. on your app. You know, yeah. you, you've got to actually put in the work, right. and, it, and it's a long-term thing. So I love that because it ties it into we know that following Jesus is a long-term yeah. reality, and yep. it's, it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of investment and a lot of right. care. And, and when your branches on your tree are brown and they're kind of dying, right, um, spray painting them is pretty fast. You grab a ladder, you climb up, you spray paint it, you roll out, and everybody thinks your branches are green. Still dying, but they yeah. think it's green. Changing that branch to be a green branch is like a nine-month process. Feeding the roots, mm -hmm. then cutting that branch away, shoot, there goes a branch, waiting for a new one to sprout, mm -hmm. then as it grows, making sure you're feeding the roots. And after nine months, you have the same green branch that you did if you spray painted it day one. Yeah. So it looks the same. And you think, I should have spray painted this puppy nine months ago and I would have had the same green branch, except you don't have the same green branch. Right. The one is a dead branch that looks green and the one is a living branch that is green. Hmm. And we have to become more and more committed to saying, I'm going to put in the long haul work of working at intimacy with Jesus, uh, dwelling in these spaces, letting the word of God dwell in me through the disciplines of the faith. That's that word again. Mm -hmm so that my branches don't just look green, mm -hmm. they are living branches. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and that's the difference that we have to engage in if we're gonna say, love God, love people, serve the world. Part of loving God is engaging in that work. And so, so when the good. storm hits, you can tell if it's spray painted or not. That's right, because yeah. the tree the comes down. the suffering comes, because we, are, we will suffer. That's you got a right. dead tree, it's come. gonna blow over. It's yeah. gonna spray blow paint, over. Spray painted or not. Exactly. You know? 
Um, so <clears throat> we've got quite a few folks on here, and I want to obviously take a minute and say hey to some of the people who are taking their lunch with us and joining us. And then I want to get to some of the answers to the questions yeah. we asked. Um, but let's say hey to some people really quickly. John and April Gill are What's here. What's up, guys? Hey, guys. Yeah. Uh, Corey Poston and maybe his little Corey. new baby uh, is here with story. us. Uh, Mina is here. Mina! Michael Forsyth, also with a new baby, is here. Uh, Michelle Sanderson, uh, Yara, hey. Felicia. We got a ton of people here. Thank you all for joining us. If you're just jumping in, we are still in our Art of Living series. Um, and today we're talking about palm trees. And uh, we, we asked this question at the beginning of today. Why is it so hard to work on our spiritual lives? Why is it so hard to grow in our intimacy? And we've got some really great um, answers here that I, I just want us to take a minute and read through and uh, be able to share the experiences of, of some people who are joining us. Um, first up is Trisha Wiles. Uh, Trisha says, it's difficult because you hear the journey of others and it looks nothing like your own. Uh, mm. It's easy to become discouraged when it does not look the way you think it should. Yeah. If I'm looking at your yeah. life, I see this bright green tree and I look at mine and I'm like, this thing is brown and falling <laughs> oh, over. Yeah. That can be very discouraging. It can. Um, have you guys ever experienced moments like that and how have you kind of like pushed through, you know, and used encouragement and hope to kind of help guide you through those moments? Well, I know uh, personally reading the Word of God can be very hard. So intimacy for me, you know, when I'm reading God's Word. Um, but what I also know is s- pretend I work out. I don't actually. But if I did, they're, you know, working out, you, re- you get sore. So you do something, and for the first time, you're sore. And then you go back, and you're even sore the second day, and more sore. And, you know, you keep. But the more you work out, the more you're going to actually feel better. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's like reading God's word, you know, when I get into it, I'm like, oh man, Reno, he can read the word and he sees things. It's like 3D. And I didn't see that when I, when I read that passage. And, but the more and more I'm diligently just um, going back at it, uh, the spirit of God reveals more things to me and it, it does get a little bit easier. Um, so I would say, you know, just that yes, yes to her, what she said, because I feel like that, but not to compare yourself to others. Um, but truly just um, God says abide, so today I'm going to abide, and whatever he's going to teach me is what is for me, um, and to, to keep in that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, one of the luxuries that I have had over the years in the position that I've been in in terms of doing ministry within the church, right, whether it be in student ministries over my student ministry years or in adult ministry now, is that I get the opportunity to sit with a lot of different people in a lot of different stages of life, uh, in a lot of different circumstances. So I can sit with uh, a a stay-at-home mom. I can sit with a CEO of a company as she's leading a company out. I can sit with a a person who's in a nonprofit sector. I can sit with someone that's newly married. I can sit with someone that's been married 35 years. I can sit sit with someone that's not married and single. Mm -hmm. I, can, I, can, I mean, there's, there's just a gamut of people I've sat with. And in our world's context, uh, depending on who you're sitting with, uh, depends on how important they may seem or how mature they might be or, <laughs> or how high they've climbed. And here's what I found across the board, no matter who I'm sitting with. Stuff they're actually struggling with right in here, mm. about the same stuff. Yeah. I can sit with someone in Africa or someone in America or someone in Indonesia. And guess what? They're wrestling with whether their children are going to be okay, what their future is like. I mean, it, it just it just become funny to me where more and more I'm like, oh, 
that person that seems so important because they're, they've got a higher position, they're famous, they're well-known, they're doing more stuff than everybody else is doing, they're involved in more, they're doing more for the kingdom. Billy Graham or Mother Teresa or the receptionist down the road or the lady that does the nails at the nail store, I've mm. just started realizing, you know what they all are? The same. Yeah. They're struggling with the same stuff. Mm. The difference is we don't get to see that because what do we see? The outer realities and we draw conclusions. And my luxury has been I get to see behind the curtain a lot. Yeah. Most of you all don't get to do that. And so then we're left with comparing our current positioning of our spiritual journey, our maturity, our ability in this journey to what we see and assume about the people around us. Mm. They must be, she must be, he must be, because look at their life, look at their relationships, look at their, the, the, the work they're doing. I've bumped into people that are doing fantastic ministry work, and then I get to know them, and I step into their lives, and they're spiritually dead, mm-hmm. like just dying inside, yeah. exhausted, mm-hmm. done. Their, their friendships are falling apart. They don't even have them anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, if anyone else were looking into this, they would think X, but it's actually Y. Because social media, too. And there's, there it is. Yeah. Our... So, so then you come to church, like you said, and, and you know, great point, and you sit and you watch what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And that's why I often try, as much as I'm able, from the stage in one-on-one conversations to go, yeah, and yesterday, I, like, my daughter drove me crazy, and I totally lost it downstairs, and I shouted at her, and I said, I'm done with you. Pack your bags and move out. And then I had to come back later and go, just kidding, not really. And, you know, and I try to do that a lot because I'm like, hey, I'm in the same boat. Uh, I was talking to my wife, Brooke, um, uh, this last week, she's, she's going to be on uh, Facebook Live with us in the next couple of weeks because we're going to be doing Disciplines of the Faith. And um, she has been working at Disciplines of the Faith for our family. She has a huge passion for Sabbath, keeping the Sabbath, and a huge passion for soul care. And she drives a lot of that in me, kind of pushing me to it. So I asked um, her, hey, would, would you mind being on Facebook Live when we start the Disciplines of the Faith series? And here's what she said. She's like, I don't want to do it. And I'm like, why not? And she's like, because I'm not getting this right. What, what business do I have getting on a couch and telling people how to do this when I, we haven't figured it out? We can't get our eight kids to sit around a table for dinner and have a normal conversation, let alone half a Sabbath. Yeah, and wow. I said, honey, that's exactly why you need to be on the couch, which she will be. I convinced her. Yes. But my, my point is this. I think that is a reason we often give up on feeding the roots because we think everybody else is yeah. and we're not. Mm-hmm. Well, they're doing it well and we're not. And, and I think one of the beautiful things about this palm tree illustration is it stops mattering what everybody else's palm tree looks like because they made it, might have spray painted it. They might have glued them on. They might actually be real branches that are green. Don't know, won't know until the storms come or until later. So here's, here's what I start being able to do. Doesn't matter anymore. I've got roots. Mm-hmm. And I want my branches to be living branches. So I'm going to spend my time feeding my roots. And if I do that for a period of time, a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, I'll have real, real green branches. Yeah. And it won't matter what other people have or don't have. And it won't matter what other people think I have or don't have. Mm-hmm. What will matter is that I will be full instead of empty. Mm. I will be having Christ dwell richly in me instead of, and the peace of Christ out of me instead of nothing in me. And, and that's been helpful to me 
because I get to see it. So hopefully passing that on to you saying, I promise you, I get to be in people's lives a lot. We're all in the same boat. We just really are. And remembering that in John 15, it talks about the reason why we focus on our roots is to glorify God. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's yeah. the bottom line. So, and um, the fruit of glorifying God in that is yeah. that I become more free. Yes. In other words, I become more full of the things that are good instead of yeah. feeling empty and exhausted all the time because nutrients are being sucked out by my opportunities mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not pouring in. Yeah, and I love that, you know, the call in our lives really is to know God. Mm-hmm. Like, That's I'm right. called to know God, not to, like, look at you and see if you're knowing God right. more than me or, yes. you know, I'm called to know God and faithfully walk in that. And, you know, a lot of the fruit of that comes out of that is encouraging other people and yeah. sharing that with other people. But at the end of the day, I'm responsible yeah. for knowing God and faithfully following I mean, God. Isn't that what Jesus said when yeah. Mary and Martha mm. uh, was at their house? And yeah. we've talked about that story, but Martha wasn't doing anything wrong. Um, but, but when Martha was saying, hey, tradition doesn't allow for Mary to be sitting in this space with you, Jesus goes, when anyone's going to come hang out with me, I am, I'm not going to undo that. That really matters. Yeah. Because that's all that matters. And he says that she's doing what's essential. Yeah. It is to come and abide. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, so we have another question, uh, a couple more, but, but one uh, from Felicia, which we all know and Yay, love Felicia. Felicia. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for asking a question for us, or, or answering the question, rather. Uh, Felicia says, it's hard because we are constantly working at multiple things, which you mentioned with the, all the branches and you're taping on more and you know, all sorts of stuff. Uh, and the spiritual aspect so easily takes a back seat, yep. especially if other parts of our lives are running at 100%. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's only on Sundays that I feed my spiritual life. Yeah. Um, that is a reality that I think I feel a lot, that many of the people in our church feel a lot. I know that you guys have felt at different times. What encouragement would you have for Felicia? Well, I mean, I, I do think in many ways, and Felicia, I mean, you're 100% correct. The absolute primary reason I think we struggle so much at intimacy with Jesus is because we're, we're so busy with a million other things mm-hmm. that we intellectually know I should be feeding the roots, but we just don't make that a priority. Mm-hmm. And we think what I've got to do is find time to do that while doing all these busy things. And what I think the palm tree illustration forces us to confront is maybe I have too many branches. Mm. And in a culture that's going to tell you and that your own, your, your own deep sense growing up in this culture is going to scream back at you is, you, it's one thing not to take an opportunity. It's another thing to actually cut one off that you're already, like, who does that? Mm. And what we have to start doing is saying, I'm going to take the time to look at my life and say, what branches are critical? In other words... Mm-hmm. I have a job. It brings in an income. That's what it is. Is it critical to work at that job at 130 hours a week? No. Is it critical that I have the job? Yes. So I can't eliminate the job, but I can certainly create new boundaries. Or do I have to say yes to every invitation to friends or Mm -hmm. to, like, we have to just start looking. And it doesn't mean we're going to cut every branch away. I mean, what kind of palm tree would you have if you're like, I got rid of all the branches. My roots are awesome. And I'm like, yes, your roots might be awesome, but the kind of the point is... It's like the ugliest you've ever It's the ugliest you've ever had. And, and so I, I'm, we're not suggesting, you know, wreck the tree. Sure. We're suggesting there, there's... Not probably. There are branches on your tree that feel right, 
because they were opportunities or feel right because they are opportunities that you just have to learn to go, no. But you won't do that. I won't do that until I can have a paradigm shift in my mind that the roots I don't see every day, they're not in front of me. They're not critical. Today, the critical thing is I was invited to that thing or I have to do this thing at work or these people are counting on me. I mean, ministry in church is probably the worst thing on the planet on the planet because we equate sacredness to it. And so we go, you know, they just, they need me. And look, should we be involved in serving in a church? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But over serving at the cost of our soul care, of our, our feet in the roots. So to, to Felicia's point, yes, I expected that answer to be on here. If it wasn't, I'd be deathly surprised because that's actually the core of it. We're too busy. We have too many branches and our minds are not set on the importance of the roots. So change the mind to go, oh, the roots matter a great deal but I won't see them in front of me every day. Get rid of some branches. And then you, you don't find time for root care. Mm. You make time for root care by getting rid of branches. Yeah. And so don't try to find the time. You won't yeah. make the time by getting rid of things that keep you busy. Well, that's good because <coughs> as I'm looking through some of the other questions, I, Felicia is just the first one that I saw. Quite a few people asked yeah. very similar questions right along those same lines. And so I think that it's definitely something that, you know, is a real reality for us is knowing what to cut away and how to cut away and when to cut away. Like, but I love, you you talked about critical. What is critical and what is not? And being able to look at it through that lens, not what's important or fun or, Mm -hmm. you know, freeing at times, but what's critical and allowing those to be the things that that stick. And I think determining... Um, what's critical isn't just an exercise in looking at your branches right. and kind of guessing, you know, well, I mean, obviously critical is the things that are functional. I would argue critical isn't always only functional things. Like, for example, is friendship critical? I'd go, yes, it, yeah. that's critical. Mm-hmm. So should some of your branches mm-hmm. be social engagement? Now, you might argue, well, that's not critical. The work is critical. But I, I, would, I would say self-care is critical. What is a hobby that uh, gives you a sense of just some rest? Or, I mean, do you enjoy, what entertainment do you enjoy that's healthy entertainment? That should be a branch at least. But if you watch a sport religiously and you can't miss it and it sucks up nine months of your year during Mm -hmm. the season and everything else takes a back seat, then I would say that's not a branch. That might be a whole clump of branches. Yeah. That, so, and, and don't get me wrong. I think watching s- sports is great. But, but I, I'm telling you, like, we, need to, we need to recalibrate. Okay, I need, obviously, vocation of some kind or family, mm-hmm. um, uh, entertainment, self-care. Mm-hmm. These things are all branches. Most of us have multiple of each. Mm-hmm. We, d- we shouldn't do that. And most of us don't even know how to evaluate what branches are critical or not. So start somewhere. And I would say those probably won't even be healthy until we've <coughs> fed the roots. Right. So until we're abiding with God, what's pouring out of me is going to be carry, and you don't want to experience carry. Whereas if I'm abiding and intimate with Jesus, then it's going to be him pouring out. So I will do my friendships better. I will, Absolutely. I will do my work better. And, and so what begins to happen is you start small. You evaluate all the current branches you have, in other words, the busy life you have, and you start asking yourself, what is one thing that I could, that I could remove from my busy life, and I'm not just going to remove it and, and leave it blank. It. I'm going to replace yes. it with, with root care. Exactly. So remember, this exercise yes. is not 
get less busy. Right, nope. Because guess what you're going to do if you get less busy? You'll either just sleep during that time because you're already so exhausted being so busy, or you'll fill it with another branch, mm -hmm. yes. right? The point of this entire right. picture, this illustration is, you're not feeding the roots because you're not taking the time for that. I'm not feeding the roots because I'm not taking time. I'm too, too many branches. I need to find one or two branches that I can get rid of and say, that's opening up space, time, bandwidth, emotional roots. bandwidth. And what am I replacing that with? That's not another branch, but that is root care. Mm -hmm. So disciplines of the yeah. faith is what, we're, is what we're starting to talk about here. Yeah. Palm, palm trees is disciplines of the faith. And I think the, the Facebook Live for the next couple of weeks is going to be disciplines mm -hmm. of the faith. We're actually going to dive into what are these disciplines? How do they work? How, how do you implement them? And we wanted to do that because we wanted to say, we're not just telling you, feed the roots, and you're going, uh, and how exactly? Yeah. I kind of know how to do branches. Right. Find an opportunity, take it, do it more, you yeah. know? But I don't really know how to do roots. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be spending a lot of time over the next few weeks talking about how we feed the roots. But we can't even talk about how to feed the roots until we talk about you need time to feed the roots. Right. You need discipline to feed the roots. You need intentionality to feed the roots. So palm trees is the paradigm shift mentally to say, it's not about the branches, right. it's about the roots. <laughs> Remove a branch or two and get, yes. make that time for root mm. care. And over the next few weeks, we will teach you what are the fertilizers, right. what is the watering protocols, to feed these roots? What are the disciplines of the faith? Which, you know, basically just some prayer, Bible reading, meditation, solitude, fasting, journaling, I mean, celebration. There's a bunch of Which awesome things yeah. that we, yeah. as Christians, know exist yes. a lot of times or know that like, it's something it? we should do, but mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, yeah. based on people's backgrounds, someone may have become a Christian three months ago. They've never heard of exactly. fasting as a concept. Like, right. And so, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be really good to dive into that. Mm -hmm. I know that your team, Carrie, you guys are going to have a resource available for people. Yes. What resource are. is that going to be? It's the Spiritual Discipline, and it's by um, Donald Whitney, I believe. It it's awesome. a book. The Spiritual it's Discipline. Great. Of, of, hold on one second. It's right here. And that'll be at at the Connect, Connect Wall. Connect Wall, we will be um, selling it at the Connect Wall. For sale. Wall. That way, uh, I mean... Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Spiritual Donald Disciplines mm -hmm. for the Christian Life by... Donald Whitney. Donald Whitney. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that'll, that'll be available. And so, obviously, we'll have the discussion, you know, on Facebook Live. Yeah. But, you know, that is going to scratch the surface. To have book. another resource to know and be equipped to feed the roots. And all of them are found in the Word of God. Which is amazing. Yes. The, the book will be available um, over there. Yep. So <clears throat> I think I love the idea that you mentioned pretty early on today about, um, you know, if, if you've got 30 branches, they're sucking a fixed amount of nutrients mm -hmm. out. But the roots are also only bringing in a set amount. And that can't be lopsided. You can't have... More nutrients going out than coming in. Yep. Welcome so, to America. I More nutrients going out than coming in. <laughs> Welcome to America. I think that Welcome that to American Christianity. Is really helpful. Like w when we answer that question, like that—that that was just the picture that you already said it earlier. But connecting that, like we can't possibly give more nutrients if the tank is empty. Absolutely. If it's all the way empty, right. and so I love that idea. Of and feed, the trouble is, the and remember this: that in this journey. What I think is so profound for me in recognizing the importance of this paradigm shift in my mind is that when you don't feed the roots and you, and you, keep, uh, you keep those branches on the tree, adding branches, right, letting them grow, and you don't cut them away, you don't prune, you don't back up, you're not going to die overnight. Mm -hmm. 
Hmm. Like, I think that would be easier, wouldn't it? Yeah. That the second you don't feed the roots and you have too many branches, the next day, you're dead. Yeah. Right? You're spiritually dead. Your uh, relationships are dead. And you wake up the next morning, you're like, oh, no. And then you quickly, because we're a, we're a people of urgency, aren't we? Like, we do very little until it's critical. That's why I, I laugh all the way. Preventive care yeah. is not a thing right. that we're really committed to as a nation. Right? Yeah. Uh, what we do is we eat terribly, we don't exercise, we, we don't engage in relational healthy dynamics, we, 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 we go too fast, and then one day when we're 37 or 55 or whatever, things start going dramatically wrong, we go see a doctor and they're like, you have to change your entire trajectory or you're going to die soon. And then <laughs> we change it for long enough to go back to the doctor for him to say, you're decent now, and then what do we do? Right back to, back to the old way. Yeah. This is how we function. Urgency drives our, um, our priorities. Mm-hmm. That's a very unfortunate thing because in the spiritual life, it's the same way. You don't die overnight, folks. So here's what happens. You don't feed the roots. You don't feed the roots. Well, you feed them just enough. You have a little devotional here and there. You come to church every Sunday. You get a little bit, and it's enough to put enough nutrients in that that tree doesn't quite die. Mm. And that, I think, is the greatest tragedy. That it's a slow starvation mm-hmm. spiritually. Mm. So then we don't have the freedom in biblical community to in regularity say, I'm, I'm actually just exhausted. I'm spiritually mm. off. I'm, we walk in and we're like, how are you? Mm. And I've been on Facebook all week, so I know I need to say, good. Yeah. How's your fill in the blank? decent and we'll say little code things like well it could be better mm-hmm. yeah. well we could always this but I'm like listen uh, the, the, the slow death that is that is what we see so often so what we see oftentimes, and in my world now is we see the relational dynamics at 40 or 45 or 50 years old suddenly crash and burn we see people making these giant crazy decisions in their late 30s to late 50s, mm-hmm. where you're like, what happened, mm-hmm. right? Um, we, even in the ministry context, we see ministry leaders, giant falls um, in this 40, 50-year age group. Now, sometimes we only discover the giant fall at 61, but it's never this. We just discovered that such and such had just gotten into this. We're like, we just found out for five years yeah. they've been... So usually in the mid-40s, mid-50s, somewhere in there, it starts derailing, whether it's in vocational ministry or business life or whatever else, uh, or, or, or everyday life, marital life, friendship life. And so here's the trouble. That is, this, this phenomenon that keeps happening is the result of the slow death of the tree. Right. Hmm. And so the trouble is when you get used to a slow death, you don't even notice it anymore. You get so used to being exhausted you, you get so used to painting branches that you begin to believe your branches are actually green. And so that's why here at Mosaic, we've spent such a great deal of time over the last few years talking so much about soul care, talking so much about Sabbath rhythms, talking so much about uh, disciplines of the faith, uh, engaging with people like Stephen, Gwen Smith uh, at the Potter's Inn, having them teach us, like, how do we do this so that our tree doesn't die? Yeah. And because of that, I think uh, we are becoming healthier and healthier trees. Uh, we've got lots of work to do yet. 
And, and listen, guys, the tension of this never goes away. You don't feed the roots for three and a half years. You become healthy branches, and then you're good. The thing about a palm tree or my fruit trees, I mean, I said to Brooke the other day, because we have some gardens out in our yard, and we work those gardens, and I said to her, listen, this stuff we grow in our gardens might be free in the sense that we don't have to go buy it from a grocery store. So you think in your mind, this is, this is cheap food. And I'm like, it ain't cheap food, man. The amount of hours of work that went into growing this stuff, keeping the weeds out of the garden, growing the fruit, mixing compost into the soil, all that is insane. But here's the tragedy. This season, I just did it. So we just got ready for our spring planting. And like, I'm like, okay, this is crazy. Guess what's gonna happen? We're gonna grow all this awesome stuff. And then what happens in the fall? I gotta do it all over again because you gotta, you gotta do it in the fall again. Yeah. And then I gotta do it all over again in the spring. But the fruit every time is beautiful uh, vegetables and fruit and food. The work at the roots of a tree, you don't do it for a while, your tree's healthy, we're good. It is the ongoing work of disciplines of the faith or what we always call the works of intimacy. Getting with Jesus, feeding the roots, and then your tree remains healthy. Pruning, pruning. You don't go cut away five branches today, and then that's it. You're good. Every year, you'll have to look at your branches again, evaluate which ones got added accidentally, which ones just grew out and they weren't supposed to be there, which ones need to cut away, which ones have browned, and it's time to cut them away, but you're like, but I don't want to. That's an ongoing thing. Which sounds, it sounds exhausting, but truly is so life-giving. Like, yes. like once you start, and I know if I'm not intimate with Jesus in a day, I notice. I'm like, oh, I'm off today or tomorrow. I'm off. But if it's like three days, then my close friends start noticing. What's going on? And yeah. then if it's like a week, strangers are going to start noticing. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. just that it, it's, such a, it's, it's such a gift to know God. And yeah. it's Jesus plus nothing. He grows the fruit. Yeah. And other people get to enjoy the fruit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we get to enjoy him. Yeah. Mm. And, and I, you know, to Carrie's point, I think this is a really important thing just to share with you guys because I know it feels a bit overwhelming as I even think about it. And to Brooke's point that she said I shouldn't be on here because of that. The work at this, when you start exhausted, so, so okay, let's assume you've got way too many branches, way too small roots, you're already exhausted. And now what we're telling you is this. <laughs> <laughs> Cut some branches away, start working on the roots. And yeah. you, know, you said it beautifully. It yeah. sounds like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a lot mm-hmm. of work. Initially, mm-hmm. it feels like an add-on because your tree's not healthy. Your life's not healthy. Your spiritual life's not healthy. But what ends up happening is the more you do this work, the less exhausted you become. Mm-hmm. The more full you become, the, the less laboring this work feels. Mm. It's true. The other work that we're all doing constantly, adding branches, it always exhausts us more and demands more. Keep that branch green, spray paint it. So the more work we do, the more exhausted we become because we're not being being fed. There's no nutrients. So the irony is, though I think in the end, the work of keeping your branches green um, in pretense, if you will, or adding branches is equally di- as, as difficult in terms of the amount of work it is as, as feeding the roots. Mm-hmm. The difference is this work exhausts you sustainably. Yeah. <laughs> this work uh, brings life to you sustainably. So you're really just transitioning some of the hard work you're doing up here to keep those branches looking good right. to keeping the roots healthy. And you, over a shortish period of time, mm-hmm. will start feeling this complete change. And then here's, what, here's what's crazy. Eventually, when the roots are truly healthy, guess what keeps growing? 
branches that are healthy. Yeah. So guess what you don't have to do anymore? Spray paint them or add them or glue them on because they show up. God moves you into opportunities and spaces where you're like, man, this is where I need to be and your boundaries are well-placed and it's healthy, your relationships become healthy. And so you stop being exhausted. So I would agree totally. Hard work at first, mentally, but you'll see as we do the Disciplines of the Faith series, these disciplines are not in of themselves like terribly difficult things to do. They're just add-ons yeah. that, again, you have to first remove a branch. Yeah, and it can be hard to, to learn that brand new yeah. concept, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and takes that discipline, which Time. is so hard, yeah. but you know, um, is life-giving once you absolutely. get into that, that rhythm, so literally. Life-giving. Yeah. It works. Yeah. There's this really cool verse in um, Psalm 11 um, that was, was just uh, thrown my way, but um, it says, Psalm 11.3, if the foundations are destroyed... What can the righteous do? Mm. Okay. And, and I think yeah. that's what we're really getting at here, right? Is mm-hmm. if we're not working at this, the roots, and they erode, at the end of the day, what can the righteous do? I mean, this, <laughs> this tree is just, we can work hard at trying to display Christ, but it's just going to be an exhausting endeavor. Mm-hmm. And so, again, it just comes back to what does it look like to work at the foundations so that the, the tree, the house, whatever you want to call it, is just healthy and good and right. Yeah. Um, we have another question that I think is really hits home, too. Uh, Joanne Zeitz is here. Hey, Joanne. Hi, Joanne. Hey, Joanne. Um, and I'm just going to read this, and then I'll let you guys kind of take it and respond. She says, to this very point, uh, I pulled way back this year for a time of self-care and spiritual renewal. Mm-hmm. Sounds great, right? Uh, but I have found it so hard to focus. I spent the first four weeks literally doing nothing except the bare essentials. I was so tired. Now I'm adding structured Bible study to help me focus and working on friendships. Still, it feels like a lot of wasted time. This idea of abiding in God's presence is hitting home. How does that look to you all specifically? How do you stay quiet without getting distracted in your mind? Mm. I always get distracted in my mind. It's true. Mm. Truth right there. um, But I would say um, when I'm when I'm noticing the train of thought trailing away, you know, it's just going back to, okay, so I'm going to go to this scripture that I'm meditating on today. And when I notice my mind going somewhere, I'm going to proactively think about that scripture again I'm meditating on. um, Or just when I'm reading God's word and I notice, you know, I'm I'm thinking about something else I'm going to do today. You know, it's just that, oh, Lord, help me. Help me stay focused. You have to do it with God's help. We can't do it. It's impossible. So it's before I start disciplines of the faith, you know, whether I'm praying or um, reading or meditating or memorizing, you know, just that asking God to help you and noticing that's a very normal thing. I I think, um, you know, Carrie's dead right. I, I, I find it interesting in my own life how oftentimes... I have an idea in my head of what this needs to look like when I'm doing it right. And then I find out later on, oh, <coughs> it actually never looks like that. That's right. just what I perceived other people must be doing. So, so, for example, I perceive that someone who's good at disciplines of the faith must be someone that has learned not to be distracted. And then I read like books of the masters, uh, the, the ancient masters that were 
uh, I mean, literally be- went to monasteries. And in their little books, they write what their concern is. Oh, my gosh, it's so hard not to be distracted. Yeah. Oh, I, I've struggled my whole life with this. Yeah. And you're like, oh, <laughs> what, you mean this doesn't go away? Yeah. But, but here, is, here is something I have found is it doesn't go away. But we learn in practice to not allow it to completely dis- uh, derail our journey with Jesus. At mm-hmm. first, it derails us. So, so here's what this gets at. When you have spent a great deal of time in a world where you have gotten used to, without realizing it, spray painting the branches, right? Mm-hmm. You are used to immediate results. Mm-hmm. I climb a tree. I get a can of green spray paint. I spray the branch. I climb down the tree. I look up and I go, the branch is green. But the work of true intimacy doesn't happen overnight. So what happens to us is we say, I've taken three months after a 72-year journey on this planet to just kind of regroup. And I find it difficult in the three months to find focus. And I'm like, it'll be two years before you learn to focus. Yeah. Right. Like, so I remember one thing for me uh, when we were we had uh, first engaged in the journey of moving from Claremont out to Winter Garden, um, and we'd, we'd, we had this piece of property that we had purchased, and we hadn't built a house on it yet. And um, I made the decision that I'm going to find time every day during the week for uh, 20 or 30 minutes to go by the land and just to go and, and pray that, that God would... Now, I say that, and you're like, oh my gosh, what a spiritual thing. I'm like, I'd never done that before, and I knew I was going to fail miserably at it because I'm so ADD and I'm I'm so much on the move. So what God really laid on my heart was don't go and pray. I just want you to go stand in the middle of this piece of land, and I want you to do nothing. Don't worship. Don't pray. Don't. I just want you to be still, and I just want you to be still. And so I'm like, okay. I will tell you the first probably three months of doing that. I didn't do it every day, but I did it multiple times a week. I would stand there for, it was a 20 or 30 minute period I kind of committed to. I would stand there and I'd think to myself the entire time, what a waste of time. Like, what, what am I doing other than, I'm just trying to obey here. I just, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't keep my mind still. But the strangest thing happened. After three or four months of doing that, that space became a space for me that I kind of looked forward to showing up mm-hmm. at. And after another three or four months of that, I, find my, I found myself suddenly just going, was I just quiet for 10 of these minutes? I didn't even think about how boring this was. Mm-hmm. I just enjoyed it. Yeah. And then eventually, so now we built the house on the land. We now have moved into that house and all the kids came with us. And so I don't have that quiet space. And when I realized the other day, I haven't done that in quite a while. And I so deeply miss it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm actually trying to find some new space to do that. And my point is this, um, that the journey into these spaces mm-hmm. are going to feel distracting. Mm-hmm. They're going to feel like a waste of time. They're going to take a long haul space, you're going to feel like you're failing regularly. And what we'll do over the next couple of weeks as we talk about the disciplines of the faith is to remind you constantly, this is hard root work, meaning it takes time to see the branches change when they change. Mm. I I love that you said the first few weeks, I just was tired. When you're an exhausted tree, guess what you do the first four weeks? You just sleep during that time year. And then we start. So 
your journey sounds about normal. Yeah. And keep at it, you're not failing. Well, that's what quite a few people kind of chimed in at different times throughout the process. Some of them were answering the question that we posed at the beginning, and some of them were adding in comments, and a lot of them were talking about it's really it's hard. hard. It's really because hard. culture wants instant gratification. Yeah. They want to see things now, and we're programmed because of growing up in this culture yeah. to want the same thing. We're programmed. So, it's so hard unprogramming to, to us yeah. takes a while. Yeah. It takes... It takes the intimacy. It takes God's word. It takes, you know, being disciplined in training and godliness and not in worldliness. Yeah. Yep. And like, I love that, like, discipline. Yeah. Like, it takes discipline, right. which takes discipline to get disciplined. Yeah. Which like, we'll talk about in the work. next few weeks. I, yeah. I've mentioned I've had a hard time in God's word and understanding God's word. And so I committed to, when I have a birthday, choosing a book of the Bible and every day reading it for the whole year. Hmm. And so last year I chose Colossians, and I was at the beginning like doesn't make sense I don't know kind of but you know and and then by the end of my year I've been like missing it so I just had a birthday so I just switched over to a different one and I'm like missing Colossians it's like when you go home and visit your hometown you grew up in and you know all the streets and the alleys and I'm like oh I feel like that with Colossians where Mm. you know it's just that diligent of like every day committing to it and just being in it and seeing what God does in it yeah Carrie committed to reading a book every day for the year, I committed to reading a verse every day for the year, and I didn't do it super well. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Like yeah. I've got eight kids. It, I've got zero. Yeah. It's such a challenge. But and that's why for yeah. each of us, the journey looks different. Mm-hmm. Right. And depending on where we are and what our life stage is, Fact. but each of us must evaluate our branches and get rid of some to mm-hmm. make space for root work. I love Bottom that. line. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, thanks, everybody, for jumping in. Thanks, yeah. great Terry, for you guys. being here. Time went by fast. It's awesome. It and, yeah. and what sounds like it's maybe become your favorite of the <laughs> really? message. So yeah. I'm glad you get to jump in with thanks us. Thanks for having me. Um, thanks, thanks for to everybody us, for really. yeah. adding some comments. Mm-hmm. That was really great to be able to hear your answers to the question, yeah. um, get some new questions that we were able to ask a little bit. Um, yeah. So thank you all. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, we are going to be jumping into spiritual disciplines starting next week. So Which good. is going to be amazing because that's really the practical, like, how do we work towards yeah. this? Okay, so I've got the concept and I want to do this. Yep. How? Yep. Well, stay tuned. Coming next week over the and next ongoingly. Few weeks. Um, and then be sure to stop by the, the Connect wall and grab the book. Yep, um, it'll be there. And or I'll you can order it on Amazon. Yeah, if you're if not you going to be at the start. Connect wall. Absolutely. Sure. Amazon.com. Amazon. <laughs> yeah.